in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned
morning. Welcome to East Taylorsville. Uh, just want to say, how about this weather? It's awesome, awesome. We took a trip yesterday to the Virginia Creeper Trail, and uh, I just want to say thank you to the church for providing us with opportunities and the budget and things like that. It doesn't go unnoticed, and we took a good trip yesterday. It was just perfect weather, and uh, took a good group, and I just want to say thank you to the church for putting in the time and uh, giving us the resources to be able to do fun things like that with our students. Um, but the, the warm weather's not going to last long. Tuesday is looking pretty rough. Uh, 40s in rain, and that's also trunk or treat. So we'll make our decision, whether it be inside or outside, uh, by Tuesday at lunch, okay? We'll let everybody know uh, about that. But if it's going to be 40 degrees and windy from the cold front, I don't really want to stand out there and be a popsicle myself. So uh, we will play it by ear, but we'll try to let everybody know by noon on Tuesday via social media, and we also have everybody's phone numbers, and we'll, uh, actually, we'll probably just let everybody know, on, we'll do the social media so the community will know, but we'll also call everybody who's doing a trunk and let you know, because that'll probably vary the way that you decorate your spot in the gym, okay, so we'll try to make that call by noon if we can, um, but if you're visiting with us, welcome to East Tailsville Baptist Church, when you leave today, don't hurry out, if you go out these back doors into the vestibule or to the lobby out there where the big staircase is you can find a gift bag that's got some information about our church and ways that we can serve you and uh, maybe help you in the future so if you'll just grab one of those on your way out uh, that would be great you can also fill out there's a little care card in your bulletin you can rip that little corner out fill that out and drop it in the plate in the back on the table uh, just for a record of your visit and if you want us to reach out to you we'll be happy to do that as well so uh, for now stand up turn to your neighbor tell them hello and enjoy the weather
as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, just uh, want to call your attention. Every week we have a lot of uh, requests that are listed in your bulletin. One I just want to draw your attention to, we need to remember Nicole Wise, uh, her father passed this week, and the services will be today at 4 o'clock at Sulphur Springs Baptist Church. So please remember Nicole in your prayers. Also want to remind you that next Sunday uh, we'll be having the barbecue for Cindy Lou Brock. And this will be the first time we've had a sit-down barbecue since the pandemic. So we're excited that we can do that. So next Sunday, our worship service will be in the sanctuary, and we encourage you to stay afterwards. We'll have chairs and tables fill in this room, and we want to do as much as we can as a church family to encourage this family, support them. And as most of you are aware, if you're on social media, if you've been here, we've announced it, uh, prayer meeting and things like that, but uh, the the surgery, the transplant that was scheduled for this past Thursday um, has been postponed. and we don't know a date yet there's still a hurdle to get over uh, which will come we believe but i'm just remember that kelly and cindy lou during this is now it's a time of waiting and it just reminds me proverbs 16 9 new living says this we can make our plans but the lord determines our steps and it's just a reminder that our trust and our confidence in circumstances that change our hope and confidence is in the sovereign lord whose timing is perfect and whose ways are right and good. So in this time, we it's not a time of being discouraged. It's a time to just trust that God knows what we do not know, and his plan is better than our plan. So we want to remember them in prayer this morning, um, if you would. So as we get ready to pray, we're going to invite you to come. If you feel led to come and kneel around the altar, you can. As our praise team, is lead us, praise team leads us, you come as we get ready to pray. Father, we call on you because we know that you're here. We know that you're with us. And Lord, we have extreme confidence knowing that we can call on you and know that you will answer. And Lord, we just desire that your will be done above everything else. And Lord, we're thankful and we're reminded that you are a God who's in control. You are sovereign and everything you do is right. Your timing is always perfect. And Lord, there are ways that we don't understand, things that we do not see. But Lord, we rest in the promise and the fact that you do. So, God, I pray that when circumstances changed, Lord, that we just renew our trust in you, knowing that your ways are best. So, God, we just pray for Cindy Lou, pray for Kelly. We pray for this surgery, Lord, in your perfect time that this would take place. Lord, you have been at work in miraculous ways. And we know that you're still at work, and we pray that your will be done in that. We pray for Nicole that you would bring comfort to their family during this time of loss. And, Lord, today we pray for these men that will be ordained. Lord, we have been blessed for decades with good, godly men to lead this church. And Lord, as a church, Lord, help us to stay focused on you, that we would not lose sight of your call in our lives and your purpose. And Lord, I pray that you may bless these men as they step into leadership. Lord, that you would continue to guide us as a church. Lord, our desire is not just to have a big church, but Lord, a church that brings glory and honor to you. So Lord, help us to do that. And, Lord, we just thank you for how you've blessed us year after year and for all of our lives, Lord, you've been so good. Thank you again for your love. Thank you again for your grace and mercy that's new every day. 
And Lord, thank you for your plan for our lives that is perfect. Help us to know it. And Lord, help us to trust you day in and day out. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
My goodness, choir, let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. That was excellent. Thank you so much. Very good. Uh, as they're going down, I just want to mention what we're doing today. We don't do this, but maybe once a year or every other year when men need to be ordained. But when you choose, you choose the deacons of this church, okay? And then if they haven't been ordained, we ordain them. We used to before... Uh, uh, before COVID, we'd do these things on Sunday night, but we've been doing them on Sunday morning, and we, I'd rather do, them, do these on Sunday morning. You may be here this morning, and God may call you to be a deacon one day. Okay, It's a very noble uh, calling. God said that it, that it was, that, um, that you basically, uh, when you serve as a deacon, it's, it's an honor to serve as a deacon, the Lord says. So we ordain men, and what we're going to do, I'm going to talk to you about the calling of a deacon from Acts 6. The uh, character of a deacon, which you can go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13, and look at those. I've preached on that probably 25 times, so I'm not going to preach on that again. But we are going to look at the character of a deacon in the life of Stephen. And then we're going to talk about the confirmation of a deacon. And what you're going to see is you're going to see Rhett and Bryce come up here, and they're going to speak, all right? They're going to stand before us, and we're going to lay our hands on them. And we call that ordination. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 6. And what it says is the leaders of the church seeing these men, that they meet these qualifications to be a deacon, and we're setting them apart to be a deacon. When you're a deacon here at East Hills of Baptist Church, you're a deacon for life unless we have to remove you, okay? You're a deacon for life. You may not always be active as a deacon, uh, but you're a deacon for life. We have between 12 and 15 men serving. This year we have 15 men that are serving. They serve for two years off a year, and they may serve two more years or they may not. That's up to you, okay? So you decide who the deacons are. We don't decide that. You, we do nominations every year. That's why we ask you for two months to give us nominations of men. And if they meet the qualifications of a deacon and they haven't been ordained, then we have an ordination service. Okay? And I hope both these men will serve as many times as they can. I hope the men that are serving now will serve as many times as they can. Uh, this church is where it's at today because of the deacon leadership from East Hills of Baptist Church. We meet once a month in that conference room over there and we talk about anything and everything. Okay? If you have issues... All right, what you need to do is contact your deacon uh, and then list those with your, with your deacon. Then they, they'll come up in a deacon's meeting. When, when uh, just for example, Bryce and Rhett, okay, this is their first year serving, they'll get a list of families between 20 and 30. And then they'll send you a letter, all these deacons do, and they'll give you their, their cell phone number. And what they'll say is, if you have a need or an issue, please contact me. And that's our first contact with you. So you can't come to me and say, my deacon's never contacted me. Yes, he has. I've heard that before. Yeah, they sent you a letter, okay? Now, you may forget that, but especially since COVID, you got to understand this. Even in my, in my uh, what I do, all right, is you need to let us know if you ever want to visit. Because this, these days of just showing up and coming to your house for no reason, well, not for no reason, but just those days are over, okay? Y'all got dogs and guns, and I'm not doing it. I'm just not going to do it. Some of you have cats. I'm definitely not coming to your house. Even Now, listen to me. Even if you're in the hospital, ladies, listen to me, because you ladies don't like visits from men sometimes when you're in the hospital. You need to contact the church office and let us know or let your deacon know, okay? Because unless, unless you let us know you want to visit out of respect for you and your privacy, we will not come visit unless you ask us to, all right? And that's because men don't care most of the time, right? But ladies do, and we want to respect that. And also another thing, like we can't really come before surgeries since COVID, right? Um, we don't, I don't ask our deacons to make hospital visits. 
That's, my, that's what God's called me to do. I make 99% of all the visits, right, if I can, okay? Because most people want to see their pastor, and I, it doesn't bother me at all. I'll, go, I'll love to come see you, all right? But also you got to understand, too, church, is this. When, you, when I'm in a hospital room with, a, with one of our members, sometimes the doctor will come in and discuss your health issues. Now, if you're on morphine, you're going to ask me to hang in there, right? And I'm like, I probably shouldn't know all this about you, okay? So, so I, we don't tell our deacons what's going on with you a lot of times, right? But we will tell them, let's just say, Melissa's in the hospital. Send her a text, okay? And if you want more than that, what would be good for you to do is to let us know. We also have a list of people that we call homebound. And since COVID, we don't just show up. We used to be, have a rotation, did we not, Steve? Every month, deacons are going to people's homes. We can't do that anymore either. We just, we just hadn't been able to do that. So you need to contact us or contact your deacon because you've already got your letters. And if you didn't get a letter, it's because you're not on our list and you need to fill out a form and get on our list, okay? And our deacons only visit members. So if you're a non-member, let's say you've been coming here for five years, we don't have your information and they just visit members, all right? So to, this morning, we're going to talk about deacons and I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 6. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk too, too long because I don't know how long-winded Bryce and Red are. I'm just kidding. But I really appreciate these two men. If you'll stand with me out of respect for God's Word. Acts chapter 6, it says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Now listen, there were probably 20,000 disciples at this time. Probably 10,000 of those were men, and they said, Pick out seven. We got 1,500 members, right? And this time we picked out eight deacons. I'm just telling you. They said, Pick out seven. And then he goes on to say this. This is what you've got to understand. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Every, every man here should have that. Full of the Holy Spirit. Look at that word, wisdom. The reason this church is where it's in the place today is not because of educated people. It's because of wise people. Wisdom. My grandfather, I don't even know if he finished eighth grade. He had his own house. He had a farm. He, he worked and he retired. And he was one of the wisest men i ever known. He had been a great deacon. We want wise people, that's so important, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. So the, the pastors at that time said, we got to do this. So many people are getting saved, we're, we're preaching Jesus, and, but we're having this issue, okay? And every church functions better when you have good deacon leadership. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Proconus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, and what they were saying is, these are our men. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for every deacon I've served with here. Lord, they've helped my life spiritually. Lord, I consider them friends. I'm honored to serve with them, even though we don't always agree on everything, and we don't. Lord, we, do, we try to do what's best for the church. And Lord, I want to thank you for Bryce and Rhett. Lord, I, I, I'm going to be honored to lay my hands on these men and give them my approval. And Lord, I want to thank you that this church sees fit to, to ask these men to serve as deacons. And uh, Father, I pray that you be honored and glorified through what I, what I say and for what they say, Father. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people say together, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you'll notice this first 
set of verses up on the screen. It says, Now in those days the number of the disciples was multiplying. What is so important about that is in Acts chapter 115, you had 120 disciples. After Peter preached on Pentecost, you had 3,000 more added. In Acts 4, the number of men, men came to be about 5,000, which meant they could have been around 20,000 uh, disciples in Jerusalem. So the church was growing, right? But with big churches come sometimes big problems. Satan attacks the church in three ways in Acts. Persecution, sin from the world, and then division in the church. Now notice what it says. And there arose a complaint. They're Baptists. I'm telling you, there arose a complaint. But you know what? There was a good reason to have this complaint. So it wasn't bad. The problem was they murmured about it, right? And it was about to cause a discord in this church in Jerusalem. Constructive criticism is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Some of the best criticism I ever got is being constructive. It's one thing to be a constructive critic, another thing to be a complainer, griper, murmurer. And that's what was happening here. And then the, the disciples are saying, well, we've got to do something. See, the widows were, not, were being neglected in the daily distribution, and what you had are Hellenists, you had Greek-speaking Jews, and you had Hebraic-speaking Jews. The Hebraic-speaking Jews have, were, were Jewish Christian converts who spoke Hebrew as their main language, and they were born and raised in Israel, Jews of Jews. Then you had the Greek-speaking Jews who, who spoke Greek, and they were from other places, and they came to the church in Jerusalem, and they were joining. And what was happening is they were giving the Jewish Jewish people first. And they said, we're going we're to give this to them. So it was, a very, uh, it was a very important problem that needed to be addressed. Okay, And it said that, notice what it says, their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. And basically what the apostles say is, God's called us to preach, not wait tables. Now that word tables means this. It means a table or a counter of money changer or money matters as well as an eating table. It speaks of things that would take them away from their calling. The apostles said, we can't do this. It was not that the apostles thought it beneath their dignity to run the errands of the church. It was simply a matter of putting first things first. The first primary function of deacons was to free up the apostles to teach the doctrine to new believers. So the first aspect of a deacon is you must be a servant. Jesus said this, For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. When the disciples were jockeying for power and position in the, in the world to come, Jesus told them, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Which means this, if you're a man that's been nominated as a deacon and you're not serving already, that says a lot about you. See, these men obviously were already serving in some form or capacity. I don't know what they were doing. They were at least faithful to the church. You should never nominate a man that you never see at church, right? Ever. So that was the calling of a deacon. Now notice the character of a deacon. If you'll notice this verse on the screen, notice what it says about them. The twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Look at the word reputation. Reputation is what the community thinks of you, right? Character is what God knows of us, but a reputation is what the community or what the church thinks of you. And it says, seek out seven men, seek out seven men of good reputation. It said, we want to choose men that have a good name. When Truett Kathy was here back in 2004, 
uh, Chick-fil-A, I think, had made $5 billion that year. They're a lot bigger now. And Truett Cathy spoke at this church on a Sunday night or a Monday night. Then on Tuesday morning, we had a business leaders luncheon with business leaders from all over. I mean, it, the gym was packed. And Truett Cathy was going to speak to him. You know what he said? This is my one piece of advice for you. A good name is to be chosen over great riches. He says, I'm leaving my money to somebody else, but my name will live on forever. It's more important to have a good name than a big house. That's what the good reputation means. And it also says, especially of, of Stephen, he was full of the Holy Spirit, which means this. It says it five times in this text. And God never just says something. If he says it five times, he's wanting us to know that Stephen was controlled. His reputation is what it is because he was controlled by the Holy Spirit. He says, and wisdom. These men had wisdom. When I think of our deacons, I think about men that have such good wisdom, right? I mean, we'll meet and talk about stuff, and I'm the type of person that think I, thinks I know everything, and I don't sometimes, but they have such good wisdom when we think about different aspects of the church. You know, deacons talk about everything from finances all the way down to problems, okay? So you need men that have wisdom. Now, you can be educated and not have wisdom. You can have a four-year degree or eight years of whatever and not have good wisdom, right? So it's not just an educated man. It means a man who has wisdom. The Bible oftentimes talks about wisdom. It reminds me of this elderly man I heard about. He was walking with his dog and his mule, and he was walking with them along the road, and a truck come around a curb and hit all three of them. They were all three in the ditch. man had a broke leg. Poor dog had a broke leg and was hurt bad. The donkey was all messed up, right? So the driver got out of the car, okay? And he said, are y'all fine? Anyway, they left. Old man went home, and his family said, you got to take this guy to court. I mean, you got, you got help. You got hospital bills. So they take, the old man takes the guy to court, and the man driving the truck, his defense lawyer says, I just got one question to ask you. It's a yes or no question will be done. Did you not tell the driver that you were perfectly fine and he could leave? And the old man was on the witness stand. He said, yeah, but I was walking with my dog and my donkey. And the, and the lawyer said, no, 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 I didn't ask you that question. Did you not say out of your mouth that you were perfectly fine and that driver could leave? And he said, well, I was walking along. And what happened was, and, and, and the lawyer interrupted him again and said, that's not what I asked you. It's a yes or no question. The judge said, let the old man talk. The old man said, well, sir, what happened was I was walking along. The man hit me, my dog, and my donkey. And he got out of the truck and said, is your dog all right? And he goes, no. He says, is your donkey all right? He says, no. Old man went back and got a shotgun and shot both of them. And he looked at the old man and said, you all right? He said, I'm perfectly fine. See, you got to have wisdom today. If anybody gets out of the truck with a shotgun, you just tell them you're all right, okay? Stephen had a wisdom. Stephen also had this. Think about this. Stephen was a man of conviction. The Bible says he was full of faith. Now, listen to me. It could be translated faithfulness. This is being filled with conviction about the truth of Jesus. If you don't have a strong conviction about this book, you're not serving with me. You're not serving with me here. Especially with the way the world is today. Steve, listen, read Acts 7. Stephen died for his conviction. He died for it. He stood before the Sanhedrin and he says, you're wrong and this book is right. Convic what, do you have convictions? I mean, he had, it was full of faith. That means that he was faithful but he also had convictions about God's word and his truth. Never nominate a man that don't know the Bible. 
Because you, you don't got convictions. It also talks about how he was faithful to death. And I'll say this, and I don't mean to be mean or anything, but if you're a deacon and you, and you, and you leave this church and you come back, you're not serving with me. There's no faithfulness involved in that. You're not going to serve with me. We have men on this deacon board that have served for 40 years. Praise, that's who I want. I don't want the guy that as soon as he don't get his way, leaves, goes to some other church, then goes to some other church, and then comes back, right? You're not going to serve with me. You can serve with the next guy, whoever that is. God bless his soul, <laughs> all right? Because Stephen was faithful till death, and then God gave him extraordinary power, which means he did signs and wonders, which nobody does today. God gave Stephen that ability to do that, and Stephen had so much conviction, okay, that the Bible says this, that whenever he was preaching, they got him and took him out of the synagogue, took him in front of the Sanhedrin, and from Acts chapter 7, verse 2 to the end of the chapter, he preaches a gospel message to the Sanhedrin, and he says, you uncircum... Listen to what he says. This is Stephen, all right? Faithful and with conviction. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. So when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him, which means they threw him off a cliff and then threw rocks at him till he died. That's conviction. That's faithfulness. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul, who later became Paul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice. And he said, listen to this. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. What a man. What a deacon. I'd want that guy serving this church. So Bryce and Rhett, I'm not telling you to raise the bar here, <laughs> but it's your time to speak. So I'm going to ask Bryce Lackey, if he will now, to come and speak. And you pray for him as he speaks, okay? Well, uh, it's a little intimidating. I kind of wish there was a little bit more people here today. Uh, really, my, my main goal up here is just to be better than Rhett. Um, um, but in all seriousness, thank you all so much. Um, what a tremendous opportunity and honor it is to serve this church, this church that means so much to me. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to thank God for his grace and for his mercy and provision over my life. Um, I'd like to thank my wife, Kayla. Um, Thank you to our pastoral staff for their leadership and for their sacrifice. Thank you to the deacons. Look forward to serving with you. Um, you men are just such pillars of this church, and I look up to each and every one of you. Look forward to learning from you. And really my initial goal as a, as a deacon is really just to, just to be a student and just to soak up as much wisdom and knowledge as I can from you men. Um, for those of you who uh, may be a little unfamiliar with who I am, um, I was born and raised here in Alexander County. I've been a member here of East Taylorsville since 2014. Um, I've served in kind of various roles, and most recently um, served on Sunday mornings in kids' worship and uh, on Wednesday night in Team Kid. Um, I've been married to my wife, Kayla, 
for nine years. We have uh, two beautiful children, Lane and Emma. Um, a little bit about my salvation. I was saved when I was 10 years old on Wednesday night at one event on Highway 16 at Oxford Baptist Church. And my uh, uncle, Mark Marshall, was uh, an associate pastor there at that time. And um, when I was saved, I did not attend church regularly. Um, when I did, it was because of my Uncle Mark and my Aunt Lori. They would routinely pick me up and take me to church. And uh, I just want to thank them for their sacrifice and investing in me and loving me. Um, so fast forward, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> fast forward, life was pretty easy. Graduate high school, graduate college, marry my high school sweetheart. Um, it was easy being a Christian. Um, I'd recently been accepted into uh, um, Wake Forest School of uh, Medicine Nurse Anesthesia Program. Um, life was going great. My faith had really never been tested at that point, but um, and God had other plans for my life. This was 2017, and um, I was set to start my anesthesia training in August of that year. And I'd be quitting my job in July. And uh, Caleb kind of been on me about getting this mole checked on my back. And uh, so I agreed to go, mainly so she'd leave me alone. And secondly, so because I knew I wouldn't have time when I was in anesthesia school. So, so I went. Um, dermatologist didn't think it was much of anything. She biopsied it anyways. Well, about a week later, she calls me and she says, uh, right, she had melanoma. And uh, you need to have this surgically excised. And you need to have uh, your sentinel lymph nodes removed. So uh, about a week or so later, I meet with a surgical oncologist, uh, subsequently have surgery. Surgery went, goes fine. Everything was perfectly okay. The surgeon was pleased with everything. So at this point, I was pretty optimistic with how things were going. But about a week later, the surgeon calls and says, Bryce, unfortunately, we found melanoma cells in your lymph nodes. And so that dramatically changed my treatment regimen going forward, I would either need chemo, radiation, or immunotherapy. I would subsequently undergo 16 months of immunotherapy, um, countless doctor visit scans. Um, I was devastated. I was at a crossroads in my life. At this point, it was July, or at this point, it was May, and in July, I'd be quitting my job and starting my anesthesia training in August, and so I had some big decisions to make. Would I go to school? Would I quit my job or the safety and security of my, of my paycheck and my health insurance? And um, so I had so many questions and just how would this impact me? How would this impact me financially? You know, the financial burden that would, would ensue. And there's so many unknowns. And so like most people, I found myself asking, why? You know, why God? Why me? 25 years old, this is not supposed to happen. So I began to look for answers, began to speak with the others who had been through similar situations. And um, in this search of why, I landed on this sermon entitled, It Had to Happen. It was in Acts, 20, <coughs> excuse me, Acts 27 and 28. It was about Paul's journey to Rome, and so uh, it was a, 
Paul was imprisoned at this point, and I'm going to kind of brief, it's Acts 27 and 28, I've kind of briefly paraphrased that for the sake of time. Um, it's about Paul's journey to Rome. Paul at this point is imprisoned, uh, had been for a while. He's supposed to stand trial before Caesar, so he's put on a ship with other prisoners, and he set sail to Rome. And along the way, he's caught in a storm, and not just any storm, but a storm that the Bible says lasted 14 days. And so he's eventually shipwrecked on an island called Malta. And just to top it off, just the cherry on top, he's bit by a snake. And it's like, you know, I saw so many similarities in kind of Paul's situation and, and kind of what I was going through and things that, you know, I would eventually go through. And um, Paul would uh, actually spend three months on that island, Malta. And, uh, and in, the, in the story, Malta represents this place of this unfamiliar place, this place of uncertainty. And just when it seemed like all hope was lost, hope showed up. Paul embraced Malta not as an obstacle, but as an opportunity. Paul would go on to spread the gospel and through God's power heal the sick and the lame on that island. Paul would ultimately make it to Rome and be God's great spokesman and would eventually author the book of Romans which many and, 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 and uh, a quarter of the, the New Testament. And, but what blew me away was Paul's response to being on Malta. Paul wasn't consumed in the reason. He wasn't consumed in the why. Paul's unwavering trust in the Lord and his faithfulness was just so inspiring to me because he knew regardless of his situation or what island he might find himself on, he knew God was with him and he would never leave him or forsake him. See, our faith doesn't prevent us from adversity. Paul's journey had to happen. He had to go through Malta. And for me, this story gave me so much peace and so much hope and so much encouragement because I knew regardless of my situation, regardless of my outcome, what island I might find myself on, I knew God loved me. And God's plan and purpose for my life was perfect. And he would never leave me. And he would never forsake me. Cancer was tough. But I'm glad it happened in a sense. Because it made me who I am today. It made me a better man. A better husband. A better father. And most importantly, it strengthened my faith. And my relationship with God. And I know many of you have been on that island, and there's probably some that are on that island today. And I just pray that you be encouraged today, because I know that I am. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bryce. What a blessing. I'm going to ask Rhett Miller. He's here somewhere. There he is. To come up here. Thank you, Rhett. Well, I wasn't going to stab at Bryce, but now that he stabbed at me, 
I will say good afternoon after that 15-minute speech. <laughs> Mexico Viejo is going to have to keep our food warm because Bryce just went a little too long. But that's okay. Jamie told us three to four minutes, and I think that was maybe a little longer than that. But on a serious note, good morning. A lot of you have known me since I was in diapers. Um, I was raised and born in this church. Archer, you didn't know me when I was in diapers. Um, but I am Rhett Miller, of course, as Jamie said, um, the son of Jamie and Heather Miller. It's an honor to be standing here before you today to become ordained and to serve this church, me and my lovely wife, Rachel, call home. I've been a member of this church, like I said, before I could walk. I grew up going to everything this church had to offer. I was saved at a Bible school after a Bible school here at Rocky Face Baptist Church as an eight-year-old boy. I was then later baptized here at East Taylorsville shortly after that. This church has been home to my family since my grandfather came here from Tennessee to preach in 1971. Some of you may remember him as Gary Jennings. Some would may even say he's the greatest preacher we ever had, but for Jamie's sake, we'll keep that to ourselves. <laughs> All jokes aside, I believe we have an amazing church staff and an amazing church family. The opportunity to serve and to grow as a Christian at this church we call Ace Taylorsville is unlimited. There has been many that has impacted my life for the better, for the better, especially my mother, who we all know is a saint, and my father, who has shown me what it was to be a Christian man that provides for his family. Without them, I wouldn't be standing here before you. They showed me what it looks like to be a Christian and how to put God first in everyday life. My grandfather, he also played a huge, a huge role in my faith over the years. Always going to hear him preach at revivals, camp meetings, and even singings that nobody really wanted to be at. Many asked if I'd follow his footsteps as a pastor, but the Lord called me to follow another set of his footsteps and become a funeral director. And I get to follow those footsteps every day. And I had the opportunity to show people just a little bit of hope in their time of need. And it really brings joy to my heart to be able to serve through my grandfather's footsteps by the calling of the Lord. I even sometimes have the chance to show people what the Lord can do them through death by the promise that the Lord gives us that we get to see our loved ones again. Alongside my family, this church has practically raised me and grew me into the man I am. Although I was saved as an eight-year-old boy, my faith has struggled over the years just like any other human. But my faith grows every day, and I look forward to it continuing to grow and growing with you as a church family. The Lord knew this day would come for me, for he knew my purpose before my days began. I'd like to turn and read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of him his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has given us, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time begun. Those verses are very encouraging to me because if Paul's not ashamed in prison to follow his calling through God, we should be able to follow his calling daily very easily. It's a true joy that I get to follow his calling to become a deacon at this church I've called home since I was a boy. 
Thank you for having me as your deacon. It truly is a blessing to be able to serve this church with these great men in front of you. Pray for us as this church continues to serve the Lord and to always put him first. Thank you for having me. Turn my mic on. If you'll turn my mic on, I want you to stand with me now. I'm going to ask all the ordained men if they'll come. What we're going to do is just gather around these men, and you're going to lay your hands on them. You guys come on up. We're going to pray for them. So this is an invitation for any ordained men out there. You can come up here. They're not going to pray out loud. I'll be the one that prays out loud. So if you can, come up here. If you will. Michael, if you'll show that last verse I had. And this is why we do this. It says, whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them, which just says, we, we agree with God that you should be in this position. And because of that, this is why deacons are so important. The word of God spread. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So this was a spiritual revival that happened because God had good leadership in place. So as I pray, if you'll pray for these men, if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, I would love to talk with you about that after this service. But I will tell you this, regardless of what happens to your staff in the future, you're, you're in good hands with these deacons leading, leading the way. Father, as we come to you in prayer, I want to thank you, Lord, for every deacon I've ever worked with. And, Lord, I call it work and service because it's what it is. Lord, it's not an easy task, Father, to make some of the decisions that we've had to make. Uh, Lord, I've been here since 2002, and it's just amazing to see where you brought this church from to where it was. Lord, and you brought it all the way back from Gary Jennings' uh, pastor here. Lord, you blessed him with good deacon leadership. Lord, you have me as well. And, Lord, I'm honored to serve with these men. I want to thank you for Bryce and Rhett. Lord, I, I acknowledge your call on their lives, Lord, because being a deacon is a calling. And, Lord, I pray that you would use them for many, many years to come. Lord, I pray that they'd serve often. Lord, I pray that you would help them to grow spiritually. I pray for their relationship with their family, Lord, that you would bless it as well. And, Lord, I'm excited to know what you're going to do in and through these two men here in this church. And, uh, Lord, I just want to thank you. I'm honored to be their pastor and their friend. And, Lord, I'm just excited for what you're about to do for them. And, Lord, we do. We set them apart as a deacon. Lord, they're a deacon for life. And, Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for how you've blessed our church. And, Father, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Well, thank you. Well, what we're going to do now, our deacons are going to sign some, some papers for their certificate. I'm going to ask uh, your, the wives if they'll come up. Kayla and Rachel, if y'all just come up and stand with your husbands. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to dismiss and I want you to come by and shake their hand, okay? So y'all come on up, ladies. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, y'all can do that after I pray. Get, get, all right? If y'all come stand with them, I'm going to pray for them uh, once again and their wives and uh, pray for us, and then you'll be dismissed. Father, Lord, once again, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, I want to thank you for Kayla and Rachel. Lord, they're just as much a part of this as, as Bryce and Red are. Lord, you bless them. Lord, encourage them. Uh, Father, I pray that they would grow, this, these two families would grow closer together because of their service. Lord, it's amazing how when we get closer to you, we can get closer to each other. And uh, Father, I pray for, once again, for anyone in this church who may be feeling called to serve. Lord, what a tremendous office to serve in is the office of a deacon. And Father, I pray that we'd have men that would say yes and not no. Men that would be full of conviction and good reputation, full of wisdom, Lord. I know that I need that in my life. I need good, godly men in my life. And, Lord, I'm just honored, Lord, to set my hands on these two men. And, Lord, you bless them. Lord, help us to love you and serve you. And I pray that the word of God would grow and that, this, that Lord, we'd see disciples come to know Jesus and grow in the faith because of this ordination service today. 
and we'll thank you and praise you, Lord, once again for what you do for us, and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray, and once again, all of God's people said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If y'all stay here, you guys can come by and shake their hand, okay? But as of right now, you're dismissed.